Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Otter New Trade Rumors podcast. Tonight's episode is actually the second half of last week's episode in which Trey and I spoke with Niv Shaw, the creator of Otter New. In tonight's episode, we talk about a couple challenges that Niv has had in growing Otter New, how many people are actually playing the game, as well as what Niv's plans are for football, which will be released in the fall. Enjoy the show! I think once you start playing, it 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 isn't nearly as difficult as it as it originally appears. Right, right, and so so you just sort of nailed the problem, which is like one, don't ever make it more difficult than it originally appears, and two, make it originally appear not so difficult, right? And like when you're growing the business, yeah, that's those it. Are the two most important things. You almost have to make it. You almost have to dumb it down publicly. Right. So one of the things I'm super bad at uh, is talking about it in the simplest terms, right? Uh, a big problem with that is that I've written every single line of code in the system, and I've uh, seen it grow from, like, you know, Valentine's Day when I was, like, sitting there in my apartment, like, refreshing the page to, um, to like, now, uh, like, four years later, and, uh, and just, like, 
been so in the weeds on it that like I need to get just a better job of I need to help get some help uh, figuring out how to present it in a way that's like really easy. I love that you know the Slack community you guys you guys put together. Uh, quite frankly, uh, is one of those things that like makes people people are able to like dip their toe in a little bit and they realize like oh this is awesome and this is not actually that hard and all of a sudden they own three teams you know and they're like what what happened to my life but <laughs> <laughs> but um but right so the goal is to present it in that way that gets people to just dip the toe in a little bit because i think once you dip your toe in uh if you like baseball at all like i don't think there's like i have, I have a lot of confidence in it as a product uh i think it's like super fun to play and i still think it's fun to play and i think it's if you have the right owners you're playing with, it's just like it could last for a really long time. And um, well, and going back to your original point with Eno, it was really just getting in the room with the right people. I think right. I think the so same thing it, with the game is getting the right people in the room. That's right. That's exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Um, it's just like get the person in the room and give them, the, but give them the pitch that 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 isn't the scary pitch, right? And right now, I think this like most. It's like not scary, scary, but it goes back to like. What I was saying before about what I want to improve this year, I definitely want to um, design, uh, redesign some stuff and make make uh, the landing page way friendlier and way like maybe even more graphical and clean and like inviting. Inviting, that's right. That's a great way of putting it. Not a bunch of text and numbers, uh, though. There's an argument to be made that I might be appealing to my audience if I put a bunch of text and numbers. <laughs> but, right, but you know, like just make it a little more inviting. So in terms of growth, I think that's a big thing. Uh, and the, the second piece of growth, and like I'll just I'll tee it up, uh, is 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 launching in other sports. Yeah, I, I think football is going to be huge. Right. Just, so, I mean, and I say that as someone who doesn't particularly care for fantasy football, but I know that football, at least in America, is king. Um, so it wouldn't yeah, surprise me at all if you have as many, if not more, people playing that in two years than you do baseball. Right. So I. I've heard a lot of different estimates. Um, there's, you know, uh, I'm pretty good friends with the guys over at Rotowire, and um, I don't know if you guys use that site at all, but like uh, Peter over there told me that their traffic's something like 10x for football over everything else. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and, and you know, like obviously there's some hardcore baseball guys there, and, and they have like this weird segment of the audience, but it's just a crazy number. It's a crazy number, and. One of the other things he said to me, like pretty straightforwardly, is there's very few people that would play baseball and not play football, and there's going to be a lot more people that will just play football. So I I agree with that. One of the questions I had specifically as it relates to football is, will it still be launched through FanGraphs, or is it going to be a separate entrance entirely? The only reason right. I ask is because FanGraphs is a, a baseball site, so right. I I wasn't really sure. How no, that it's works? A great, it's a great question. Um, just to back up, like I, I definitely, you know, we launched the beta last year. I guess I should really call it an alpha uh, towards the end of last season. It went pretty well. Um, a few people were engaged. A few people weren't. Um, the system, if you know Auto New, is very similar uh, to the baseball game. Uh, you know, players are worth money. You can trade them and get loans and whatnot. Um, not trying to do anything crazy on the stats side there yet, uh, though obviously there's opportunity to grow into that. So is it just like um, standard points settings for? Yeah, it's just a very standard. I think uh, the at launch is probably just gonna have like one point setting okay. that is like kind of like a standard one. 
because I just don't want to make that a variable uh, up front. Not because not for the same reasons I said before about like dollar values, but just because it's one less thing to have to build. Uh, no, that's time. understandable, at least initially. Yeah, right. It, it'd be an initial thing, temporary for sure. And you know, I don't mind having like a little bit of a smaller audience in year one, as long as it can like hone out, uh, iron out all the bugs, and then and then dig into it going forward. Um, but I'm hoping to launch it this fall. Uh, I'm still hoping to do that, um, and it will be launched with Bangraphs uh, if it does happen. Which again, I'm really hoping to do that. Um, the reason for that, like very simply, is like I have a great relationship with David. Um, he is uh, a huge football fan, so he wouldn't really let me get away from him. <laughs> and uh, he also like he helps. He has a great relationship with uh, uh, the various uh, data providers that you need to run these leagues. Um, and so he's helped me navigate that in a really uh, awesome way. So uh, I trust him on the servers and on getting the data, and uh, he trusts me to build the game. So it's it's a good relationship for me and uh, and for him. So I'm I'm sticking with that. I wonder if that leads to Fangraphs becoming more football focused then. So I've had that conversation with him many times. He's very interested in figuring out ways to do that. Um, he doesn't want to make it football focused, obviously, but um, Fangraphs was always uh, in his mind like sort of a general. Uh, sports site for fans to be able to like really get nerded out, right? Really nerded out. Yeah. Um, they started with baseball and they kind of hit this like great goldmine with baseball. And they they did such a great job there with, especially with Dave Cameron, Eno, and Carson, and like all the great names that we know like written there over the years. Uh, they just had this great talent uh, to write about baseball that it ended up sort of taking over everything. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to speak for David. I don't know like what he wants to do in terms of editorial stuff or whatever. It's totally his call, obviously. Um, but I know he likes football a lot personally. I know he has asked me to build football for a little while now. So I'm, I'm hoping that the result of that is some some fangrass coverage. Cool. Did you have any specific questions on that, Trey? No, um, I'm not a I'm not a huge football guy either. I'm, I have a hard time dedicating my, my interest elsewhere, but I am interested. I What I do hope is that I hope eventually, like you've done with Auto New and Baseball, you bring a different and unique um, style to it that you can't find anywhere else. So, Yeah, I think, I hope to do that, uh, Trey. I think it's like, what like the, really the goal is, it's not really fun if you're just recreating Yahoo, right? But, or, or you know, Yahoo or CBS or ESPN. Um, I think, uh, in my mind, like the big difference, the, the big differentiators on day one would be uh, the auction bidding for everybody, uh, 48-hour blind bids, and then live bidding with, to start the league up. Being able to trade in that way with loans and everything that would be great. That would be great. The college um, players is another one. You're right. So, um, so that would be like the you said college players, right? Yeah, like draftees and such. Right. So the idea there is actually to like sort of I'm sorry? You can draft college players? Yeah, so that would be uh the replacement for the minors, which Oh wow. Alright, I might be I might be more interested now. <laughs> so You're a big Clemson fan, right? Trey, so right? That's that's college football country. Um Yeah, so right, so like the idea again, it's a little bit different and you know, in a in a way like I it gets like pretty philosophical for me because like you know as a person who pays attention to football and all the stuff that's happening there and pays attention to like the way the NCAA treats students and all that stuff <laughs> it's hard to 
deal with that stuff. But at the same time, like, if you're looking at it very clear, like clearly, like clear eyes, like uh, college football is the minor system, minor leagues for the NFL. It's where they learn how to play football. It's where they train and where they hone their skill to be able to become professionals. Right? It's where athletes do that. Um, I agree. So, uh, just looking at it like very plainly, like that, uh, it's you wouldn't be able to get points off of college players, but you'd be able to stash them in the same way that you stash double-A uh, prospects today, right? right. Um, and I'm figuring out, like, exactly what the data system looks like there and, like, how big the college universe is. I know it's a ton of players. Um, and at the end of the day, you're not going to be really picking except from, like, the very top two rounds of those guys, offensive players from those guys. But if you sort of, like think through the process in your head and you look at how the NFL draft works and like unsigned free agents and stuff like that, that end up making an impact. You find out pretty quickly that like, you know, you could build a system that has like three or four, maybe five prospects on your roster and, and, and then a pretty deep team. And, and that's sort of like where you want the balance to be. And then you can make really fun trades with that. You can do really fun player evaluation, like arguments and debates around that stuff, which, you know, like you said, there's like so many different perspectives on that stuff. As long as you can bring those perspectives to the table and let any of them uh, be successful uh, without bias, um, then it's, a, then it's a, a successful game, right? Because uh, you you've opened up this like sort of system that like it's just a different way of thinking about it. You don't necessarily have to say like, okay, you know, it's not okay. I have the number one pick and uh, I'm doing a snake draft and. I know I'm going to get, like, this running back, you know, X running back, and I know, uh, you know, I'm in second round. I might go second running back. I might – it's going to be a while until it comes back around. You know, it's like – that kind of logic is, like, it's just not interesting to me. It's not uh, as fun and dynamic as, like, auctions and then trading and that kind of stuff. I, I agree. Yeah. I would hope so. I mean, you, you seem to like auto new a lot, so. Yeah, well, I – and, I mean, I'm not a huge football – like – because I follow baseball so closely, it, my interest in football is much more casual. But even talking with all my friends who haven't played Otternew because they're not as big of baseball fans, they, they've all seemed really interested in the football um, platform that will be rolling out. So I'm hoping that a couple of my real-life friends will actually just hop over from Yahoo or wherever else onto this. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. I think, like, you know... Not to take anything away from those sites at all. Right, no, I mean, they're just different things, and, like, there's a reason that fantasy football is incredibly popular. It's well-packaged. All the sites do a great job of, like, making it a week-to-week thing and, like, something that's uh, very consumable and very uh, manageable. It's appointment viewing. Casual with even your interest in football and be able to, like, manage and consume uh, a season of fantasy football, right? Um, but that's not what Auto New is about. It's not about like the managing, consuming. If you're casual, it's really about if you're very into the sport. Um, how do you get the most out of it? How are you really building a team the way a real NFL team would build? How are you um, thinking about players uh, in the way a GM would think about players? Right. Um, so that that to me is like the goal. Yeah, I think you it know, sounds I, awesome. I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you that are about Auto New. I have a couple as well, but go ahead, Trey. Yeah, Trey. Yeah. Here we go. Answer them as quickly as you can. All right. Will Corey Kluber win the Cy Young in 2015? Uh, no. Have you ever seen Corey Kluber smile? No, I have not. Does he have the best slider in baseball? Absolutely. Do you own a Corey Kluber jersey? 
Not yet. What kind of beer would you buy Corey Kluber if you met him in a bar? I would buy him a Great Lakes Dortmunder Gold because it's Cleveland and it's the best beer in Cleveland. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thanks. Trey, right, is Corey, Clu- Trey, is Corey Kluber your baseball boyfriend? <laughs> Corey Kluber won me my league last year since I picked him up off waivers, so those are all related to auto. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I have, I have a couple interface questions just from that people forwarded on to me. Please. Um, I, a couple of people have asked about the 48-hour trade window. And if there was any way that that had to be present or could be changed, um, at least, especially in the off season, um, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. So, uh, in the off season, I guess people would like it to be shorter, or people generally would like it to be shorter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the point was basically that we don't need 48 hours to veto if everyone's this involved. To make a choice, right. So, I'd be open to doing it shorter. I think, um... The stance I take on that stuff is twofold. Uh, generally, uh, one, it aligns really well with how auctions work. There are also 48 hours. Um, two, uh, I don't enjoy, especially like, and you know, the feeling I have from the people who play is like it's generally a younger crowd, which I appreciate. Um, a lot of people have like a lot more free time, uh, which is great, which obviously fills it up with auto new, and that's great. I think um, as that audience gets older and as people get, like, more responsibilities, and I've seen it in my league even, um, where we do have, like... Married with uh, children? <laughs> yeah, I mean, over over half the league has kids now, which, like, none of them did when we started. So, you know, it's, it's like, that kind of, like, you know, the natural evolution of, of, of how we go through our lives. Um, there's just not going to be as much time to be in front of your computer. And I think, like, 48 hours is just, like, one of those things where the stance I would take is just twofold. One... Like, give people a chance to get in front of their computers. Not everyone has as much time as you think they do. And, and you know, being patient on that front, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I would encourage that. Um, and two, like, I really want people to take the long view on this stuff. And honestly, one day, uh, at the end of the day, is, 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 is one day across your whole season. Um, especially in the off season, you're not making rapid-fire moves. Um, I get that it's super fun to have your guy in the roster organizer or have him in the lineup um, the next day or whatever. But if the trade-off and the cost of that is that um, some people aren't able to review trades fast enough, some people aren't able to like react uh, fast enough or raise concerns fast enough, like I don't know if that's a trade-off I'm willing to take right yet. Um, well, given everything in. Given everything that you've already said, it sounds like the shorter amount of time that you have between those auctions is basically moving towards what you didn't want in the first place, which was auction sniping, those blind bids. Um, right, I mean... Which, 24 hours, would you wouldn't have that as much, but the shorter amount of time, that's basically what you move towards. Right, when you move towards that short amount of time, you run into that danger. And, like, and like uh, yeah, right, I mean, like what we're talking about is something that you know, if people really enjoy the game, they're going to want to play it for, like, a few seasons, and maybe even, like, many seasons, and maybe make, like, some really great friends and play this game for a really long time, you know? And, like, then, are you really going to be sad that you didn't get this player on this day? Like, it's, like, kind of... No, I mean, at that point, the relationships are more important. Right, and it's, like, it's the entire, like, scope of the league that you're playing in. Now, listen, no one likes getting a new toy more than me, and, like, you know, I just pulled the trade off right after my uh, draft, and I was refreshing it and being like, is it, is it, is it past the silver? So I totally get it, right? Um, like, I wanted to slot. Like, I traded for Bauer. 
and I was like, I'm ready to slough Bauer in and started pitching the spot that Miner just abandoned. So I'm like, I'm ready to go. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's 48 hours instead of 24. It's, it's one extra day to, to be patient. And if that helps someone else make an evaluation that uh, is good, I, I, I would prefer that. I tend to agree. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm open to it, though. I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely not closed book on, on that question. Okay. The, the other thing that was brought up was when players are traded, like you had mentioned your Bauer for Odor trade, yeah, um, right. is there a way that we could add some form of indicator so that you know when you're looking at teams which players are pending? Because currently... It's a great question. Um, it, right, it's difficult to tell, I guess, unless you go into that specific trade. So if you're trying to propose a trade to someone who already has a pending trade, actually seeing who's on their team given what players are or are not pending, um, would be nice. So that would be not looking at the pick trade as, uh, to use the terminology, like proposed, meaning like I could propose 12 trades of Trevor Bauer today. Yeah. Um, and that would not mark anything. No, but, but it would have showed, like in your example, it would have showed like Odor, for example, could have been highlighted in red. Because within that 48 hours, I could have even, I could have put him on the team page and it would be like, this guy's about to ship out. Yeah, something like that, so that anyone looking at the team knows which players are or are not in flux. Yeah, you know what? That's a that's a great idea. I'll, I'll do that tonight. That sounds that sounds awesome. So <laughs> I was looking for something to do tonight. That sounds great. Yeah. So that oh, was sweet. That yeah. was uh that was Justin uh, Viber. So. Oh, was it? Yeah he he was actually on the podcast that I released this morning. But um, oh well, he's gonna be super pumped about that then. Yeah, so I'm sorry. pretty sure I can knock that out. But. Yeah. So Justin, that was real time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll take a pack. I'll, I'll take a pass at that tonight. I I'm, uh, I just opened up the, the file that I look at. So okay, the the other topic that was brought up, and we had a discussion about this in one of my leagues, is position eligibility. Right. Um, currently, it's five games major league, ten game or ten games played, five games started, twenty minor league games. Correct. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, the idea that was brought up was that you have players who have eligibility now that realistically can't play the positions they're eligible at. So, for example, the, the one that was brought up was uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Okay? He, he's probably never going to play third base again. Okay? Right. But he still has third base eligibility for this year. I don't really see that as an issue, but the way that it was presented was that Fangraphs has the depth charts that they release. There's projected depth charts just based on projections. Um, is there Would there be any way to just reset eligibilities off of off of that so that it wasn't using prior year games played. Instead, so, it would look at, like, what positions these players are actually supposed to play this coming season. I'm not – and I don't say that really advocating for one side or another. That was just – Sure. No, I, I got you. Um, uh, I'm, again, this is a thing I'm open to, but there's two things that are super important about that. One, I'm just using the Yahoo rules, uh, and that's, like, a pretty straightforward rule set. Like, it's a pretty standard one across Yahoo, ESPN, CBS. Yeah. So people play – in a lot of different leagues and a lot of different services, um, and people look for their information in all kinds of places. I want to be as close to helping people evaluate, like against like a general cheat sheet, as as I can. And the second thing on that is like just very straightforwardly. Who said it uh, in Slack the other day? Uh, have you seen Dave O'Brien play catcher? Yeah. Like they they play guys who can't play the position all the time. Zimmerman play I. I live in Washington. We, we have Miguel Cabrera at third base. I mean, what's that? Miguel Cabrera has third base eligibility. Right. It doesn't and mean he's good at third what? base. He played, five, he played eight games. He started eight games there last year. Mm-hmm. Like, 
talking about that defense, that conversation about defense earlier, right? When we don't know anything about anything. Yeah. Like, some guys know less, it turns out, right? Like, if you watch, uh, they were, like, he's the answer catcher uh, right now. That's crazy. He doesn't yeah. know how to catch a pitch because he's not used to it. He's not learned how to play it yet. My point is not to pick on him or pick on anyone who plays baseball because they obviously can do it better than I can. But just to say that, like, um, the major league teams are the ones who are making these calls. The major league teams are the ones who are, like, uh, playing players in different positions. Um, if it's good enough for the majors, uh, I think it's good enough for us, right? I agree. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if, like, there's anything more to say about that. Like, I super get it. And I think there's also some, like, cleverness to do when you tie in those depth charts. But I think that's just a different game. That's just a different game altogether. Yeah, I, the one idea that I had kind of going off that discussion was to say, um, well, if you looked at, like, shortstops, for example, like, any shortstop typically could just play any other position. I don't think anyone's yeah, saying right. that a shortstop couldn't play first base. So if you were going to do something like that, maybe you want a hierarchy where you say, you know what, if you're a shortstop, you can, play, you can, be pl- you can plug him into right field even though he only has shortstop eligibility because right. that position <laughs> defensively is at the top of the pyramid, you know? One of those things that reminds me of is, like, uh, um, well, you know, I could go on, like, a little bit of a thing here, but, like, I'll try to hold myself back. Like, if you play MLB The Show or whatever, you play video game baseball, you can always put people in weird positions and, like, the game have, like, these weird, like, or, you know, they, they say, like, you're going to be an eighth as good as you normally are or 80% of your normal defensive ability because you're not used to playing this position, right? Yeah. Um, we could do something like that, but it's just a different game. And, like, what when we're trying to, like, uh, I feel like it opens a huge can of worms. <laughs> right. And when we try to say, like, well, we want to make auto new something that's approachable, like, the least I could do, to make, the thing I can make it the least approachable immediately is to say, well, position eligibility is done by this depth chart over here, and you have to know this, go to this page to understand what anyone's position would be ever. And that's, like, confusing and weird and, 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 and uh, very uh, intimidating. And instead, if I go to Yahoo and I print out, here's the list of the best third basemen, and then I take that and I just scratch a little number next to them and how much I'd bid for each of them, all of a sudden I just made an auto-new cheat sheet using no auto-new data at all, and it's super valid. And to me, that's like, that's awesome. That's great. I want people to be able to do that, in addition to be able to do like the most insane, uh, in-depth stuff that you guys do. Uh, I'd like them to be able to print out a piece of paper and, and shovel some things around because they don't like the Nationals and, and then all of a sudden have a great third baseman sheet. Yeah, well, well, it's almost like you want to encourage as much of the advanced research as you can, but you also want to marry it with the data that's publicly available. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, playing from, if you're paying for Miguel Cabrera this year because you're under the impression he's going to be a third baseman next year, well, I mean, that's, that's where that stuff comes into play, right? Yeah, it's just your own skill at evaluating where a player right. will be. Right. So, that was the last little question I had. Um, did you have anything else, Trey? Yeah, I don't want to let this opportunity go by without giving uh, Niv a couple wish list items for myself. <laughs> I mean, look, I just feel Justin's, and you're actually talking to me right now, Trey, so I'll, I'll do yours first if it makes sense. Alright, well, look, these, ser- in all seriousness, th- these are just uh, ideas, and I don't expect you to uh, even acknowledge them right now or even say yes or no, just just a thought. I think I already know where you're going with this. Go for it, please. Um, number one, it's always been number one on my list, is 
find some way to differentiate the points that you score in your lineup and those that are scored overall by a player. And, yep. and you want that by position, right, Trey? By position. So you want so to see how many points my, your catcher slots? My thought would be it would be somewhere on the lineups page. So how badly you were platooning, that kind of thing. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's that's. I don't expect this again at all to be a short term thing. That that seems so, to me. I don't know coding, but that seems like a long term thing. So can I speak to that real quick? Yeah. Um. So I think uh, some of you guys may remember. I don't remember exactly when I did it. I think it was last year. I sort of refactored how. Uh, lineups are stored in the database. Right. Um, and uh, I'm not going to get, like, I, I wrote a big blog post about it, and you guys can definitely read it uh, on on about90feet.com. But if, I think, uh, Trey, I, I, first of all, super acknowledge that uh, request. I know you've given it to me a bunch of times, and it actually seems like, it, I mean, that's a great, it's a great request. Uh, it's, um, it really speaks to the idea that you can platoon in these games, which is actually like awesome, um, and it gives you an idea of like how good your team is versus how good you are as a manager, which is actually really valuable, right? Um, I know I've had some people who track along at home. Trey, I think you did that for a while, right? You were tracking it in a spreadsheet. I did. I did. Yeah, which kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Uh, I think this refactor has actually made that like way more plausible. It was not plausible before, but I think that's changed a little bit. I'm not promising anything. I'm definitely not going to be able to knock it out tonight, but I will look at that this year for sure. Well, it's almost uh, like you could you could just add an extra column to the end of the lineups page or to the live scoring page that would just give that that total for the year as it accrues, I guess. Right. Like so, I think uh, what I what I want to do is just have like um, just what you need a couple numbers there, right? You need one that's like. Here's what you've had when you've had them in the lineup, and here's what you have without them in the lineup. Or you could do it by positions in total. But I think if you did it on the individual level, you could figure the rest of that out, right? I think as far as feasibility, um, and at least what would be most useful, I would just want to see each position in your lineup, the total points. I wouldn't care about the individual players as much. So, like, if if I could just see, like, you have your catcher slot and you have Buster Posey, okay? And your second catcher is Miguel Montero. I would just want to see the total points that my catcher slot has scored. And I think this is what you're saying as well, Trey. Um, regardless of whether it's Posey or Montero, just the total points from that slot. Same with first base, same with outfield, etc. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably the easiest way to do it because if you have nine outfielders, you want to know how many points am I getting from my fifth outfield spot because I'm probably rotating three guys. And so I want to know... How effectively am I rotating those guys? How effectively am I managing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a great tool and a great way to evaluate. Um, like I said, like you as a manager, and like you said, Trey, you said the same thing. Like you as a manager, not you as a player evaluator. Uh, like it's like looking at a macro. Your macro evaluation is: I have these nine outfielders. I picked up these nine outfielders. I believe these are great nine outfielders. Your micro evaluation is. Well, am I putting him in on the right spots? Am I putting him in on the right days? Right. Um, I, I probably said it wrong, uh, and I think Joe said it the right way. You you almost have to do it by the lineup spot and not by the player because the the uh, the variables become unmanageable essentially. Because if you drop players or trade players, your list of right. 
used players would get out of hand, so you got to do it by the lineup spot. It also gets super tricky because you have guys with multiple eligibility constraints, so you have to do it by the lineup slot. Right, right. Um, okay, n- number two. Yeah, please, number two, go for it. Uh, this one I think is a little easier. Uh, one thing I think would be uh, pretty a pretty fun and, uh, enhancement would be an overall or universal leaderboard. So maybe the top 25 scoring teams by name uh, in real time at any given point in the season among all, let's say, fangraph points leagues. Um, maybe you have one standings page or something who has the top, top home runs, something like that. Um, I think that would be pretty interesting so that uh, teams can begin to can see what other teams are scoring in other leagues. Right, so you guys are doing this really interesting thing with the Champions League where you like put that together, right, sort of um, like with like by reaching out to like various winners and stuff and yeah. I think uh, you were like what, you were trolling through like not to say trolling, but you were like crawling through all the league pages and like pulling standings where they made sense and everything, right? Yeah, I looked, at, Trey and I looked at every all the final standings and then basically, and we did this for every year, it wasn't just 2014 and we just tried to pick who we thought consistently the top owners were off right. of that. So, um, yeah, that is pretty cool, too. I think um, the universal standings thing is um, pretty, <coughs> excuse me, pretty interesting. I, the, the part that I get um, where, like, it becomes, like, a little unwieldy is, like, figuring out, like, well, we have these, if, if you do um, turn AutoNew into, like, a bunch of, uh, like, customizable elements there, like, 8-team, 10-team, 12-team, 14-team leagues. Right. Um, and also, like, you know, stuff like that. Uh, that can get tricky. I think what would be super interesting, though, is, um, aside from the points, uh, is looking at uh, overall home run leaderboards, overall strikeout leaderboards, like, for your team over the course of the season. Um, I could toy around with some of that stuff. I think that's, like, to me, um, I'll rank it like this. Okay, uh, Trey, I think your first request is actually the most interesting in terms of a day-to-day user and owner benefit, especially in the points leagues, but sort of generally. Um, but especially in the points leagues, I think that's just, like, an incredibly valuable day-to-day tool to have. I think Justin's request around the, the graying out someone is is it's super easy to do and I'll knock that out, but it's, you know, how often is someone actually in a pending trade? Uh, uh, not very often unless it's right at the trade deadline, right? But still pretty cool. I think I can handle that. This one is like, it falls into that category that I was talking about before of like sort of research tools and kind of like the weird uh, high minded stuff that I know, you know, I've sent you guys a few links that are in like that research area of the site. I think this would go there. Um, and I could definitely like toy around with like a bunch of different ways of presenting it, and and I'd be happy to like, you know, toy around with that and see if we can put together like an auto new Hall of Fame, which I think would be pretty fun. That would um, be fun. <laughs> one of the one of the things my league mates uh, really wanted, uh, you know, I, I started denoting who won the last last league, right, the last season, uh, twenty fourteen champion or whatever. Right. Um. And I had someone uh, request, like, well, I won 2013, where's my banner? And all of a sudden, we're like, well, I want the rafters at Yankee Stadium, man. I want, like, the, I want the pennant flags. I want all the flags up above the... So uh, it would be fun to, I think, let people, you know, to show the sense of history of the game. Uh, even if, it, you know, I, given that I am basically the Cleveland Indians of my league, everyone in our league has won 
a little bit, and I won the longest time ago, so well, uh, it would be fine to be able to say, like, Nib won in 2006, like, that's the last time he won, that that that, that banner is lonely, uh, and then, like, look at, like, you know, Chad had a really great, like, three-year stretch, and stuff like that, so I think, like, building up the history of the game, like, especially as we are creating the history, it's only been four years, but there's already, like, people who are, like, you know, this this game is, like, you know, I remember three years ago, this trade, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, even, like, the Hall of Fame idea that you said, it's, like, yes, you could have, like, exactly. this Mount Rushmore of honor. You know what I mean? Right. Who hit the most home... Who had this... Like, what would be a great thing is across all formats and all teams that have ever played on new, who had the most home runs in a single season? Because guess right. what? You still only have 162 games and all those positions to play. So, like, that's pretty comparable, right? That's, like, not a... I would love to see that. Like, I think that would be super mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I sort of want to look it up now. But, uh... Maybe... Maybe, yeah, that could be something... That would be fun to build. I love I love ideas like that because when they're fun to build, uh, well, if it's interesting to you, it's easier for you to take care of. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, how am I going to spend my Saturday morning? Well, uh, I this awesome Hall of Fame idea, or grinding through some football code that I've been avoiding. I'm going to take the Hall of Fame idea. <laughs> what What's next on your list, Trey? I know you have uh, a couple. Last one. Um, yeah. you, made, you made a comment to me. Uh, several months ago, we were forming the Champions League. That you were intrigued by the uh, the five non-roster minor league system. That I was. We you're taking the words out of my mouth. <laughs> for, for that league, and um, you sort of asked us to test pilot that in 2015. So we'll do that for you. But that uh, would be something that we think would be interesting to add as a future as a future option. In the sense, and, and I'll frame it this way. Um, this is not a this is not a criticism, but I sure. I would stop short of calling this is a per, this is a preference really I would stop short of calling Auto New a full on dynasty league I would call it sort of a hybrid and the reason I say that is I, I once read somewhere that the difference between a, a a fantasy baseball league and a dynasty league is that in a dynasty league you can keep every player for as long as you want that you that you have and you can debate whether that's true or not but i think there's a there's a part of auto new where it begins very quickly to to escalate when you have great players and you begin to lose those because of the arbitration process which i do like the right. five uh, non-roster uh, minor league system was a way for us to try to slow that down just a tad so that you can keep some guys that you feel like you've done the, the homework on and farm those guys out. So May I add on to that too, Trey? Yeah, go ahead. I, one of the things that I felt was missing kind of going off that hybrid idea was how, how large the player pool is as far as minor leaguers go where you can basically have everyone in the pool versus how many minor league players are actually owned because of the 40-man roster cap. Mm-hmm. Um I think if I was building the system, for, and again, not a criticism at all, I would probably want a 20-man minor league system. Just, I, and just because when you look at like how major league teams are built, they have these huge minor league systems. But right now, you have guys in rookie ball that you can't own in auto new realistically if you're hoping to compete, even though those guys play integral roles in in major league teams. Like, the Cubs aren't giving up Glebar Torres or Eloy Jimenez or whatever. You know what I mean? Because those sure. guys are really important to those teams. Excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. No, I, I hear what you guys are saying on that. And there's a couple points. Like, again, uh, I, did, I took none of that as criticism. And, and, and those are, like, really fair points. I think um, 
on one hand, like, you know, we've all been victim to one guy has a great year and all of a sudden he's not capable for you or his price went up so high. I think the new arbitration system does a good job of, like, addressing that. Um, I shouldn't call it new anymore. It's been around long enough. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a painful thing when you, like, you pluck that gem and then all of a sudden he's on, uh, he's on some other team two years later and you're like, well, I, I lost the prime of this guy's years. I had... I had him stashed away for two years, and then and then he's gone. That that sucks. Um, and I'm sympathetic to that. I think um, you know building out like a 20 man or a five man minor league system, and I guess in this sense, uh, you would have a system of players that uh, what we're talking about like specifically is players that wouldn't be affected by the normal uh, salary increases, wouldn't be affected by arbitration. Yeah, the way this, we're doing it is that any of the players who are in the minor league system don't even show up on your active roster. They're basically owned for free, and then when they come up, you get them for a dollar. Right, and so like when they come up is like this weird... So right there, that's a qualification that's super hard, right? Because if you come up for a cup of coffee in September and you don't actually get an at-bat, like, what does that mean? Or you don't get a you don't pitch in any. Yeah, we're qualifying it as any appearance in a game. Right. So. So, so that's, I mean, right, so that's, like, a rule, that's fine, um, but, but it becomes, like, it comes back to that, like, approachable conversation, I guess, um, and then, so, so, you know, when you have, like, 60 players or 45 players, instead of, like, a 40 number that, like, people sort of understand, that's, like, tricky, um, but at the same time, like, like, you're totally right, right, um, the Indians and, I mean, every team has, what, like, at least four, six minor league teams? And they have like the Lake County A's, the A level team, and they have the Double A team, and and those guys have a lot of useful players that will become like useful major league players, and maybe even surprise you and become superstars or become stars or become like healthy fantasy options, right? And it would be great to stash those guys away, and then um, and then have this like great uh, pool of depth to come out of uh, your thing. Well, I think doing that in and of itself solves the arbitration issue that you're sympathetic to. Because, for example, if you had Corey Kluber before he came up or whatever, you could own him for a dollar. Right. Um, And then if he gets arbed, you know what, maybe he's at 22 this year. And maybe he's at 40 next year. Like, he's still, you're still owning those players for significant amounts of time. Um, Right. So, um, it's hard for me to... So I will just say, like, I think that's that's a good idea. I'm really interested to see how it works out for you guys, how you guys decide to play with it and everything. Um, for me, like, as uh, you know, with whatever like mindset I have for these things, it's like um, fantasy. Like, the challenge for a salary based game is that no one advocates for the player, right? Uh, in real life, uh, players have agents, and frankly, like, to be completely blunt, uh, the the system in place right now is not fair for young baseball players, right? No, it's, it's not, not fair, right? And it's overly fair to older baseball players, right? <laughs> because these guys get paid for what they did instead of what they do, and they have Ryan Howard, right? So, like, the system is doing great for Ryan Howard, and it's doing really lousy for uh, maybe not Longoria, but like uh, Kluber or um, or a guy like that, or like uh, even like a Bryce Harper, right? He can be paid way more on the open market. And then people uh-huh. get pissed when John Singleton happens. Right, right. And, and, and right, right. And so, like, how do you uh, build a system? So let's just take that away from, like, real baseball for a second, right? Um, well, one of the things we discussed is, like, how do you build a system that's fair to 
um, the player uh, in a in a in an open way. And really, that's where the the arbitra- the second arbitration system came out of was like, well, uh, there is no agent, but guess what? There are. There's an open market, and so you just sort of show what the open market would be, um, and uh, you you simulate that by letting people uh, add a couple dollars to the player's salary. But like, if I like, I guess like the second half of my like I'm sympathetic to that is that, but at the same time, if a player plays well um, in a free market, they would get paid a lot. So, so it's kind of like balancing that. I don't know. It gets into this like really weird like labor type thing that I don't necessarily want to delve into because it's like really esoteric. But when you're trying to figure out like like what are all the people and all the parts that are involved in like pricing of player in auto new um every other team matters and uh as does uh and, and, and every other team collectively works to sort of uh be a advocate for the player themselves right so all that being said a super long-winded and like maybe sound like i don't know weird free free market communist but <laughs> uh but like the point that i was trying to make is like one, like, let's try to keep the game approachable in as many ways as we can. I think five players is way more approachable than 20, though one of the guys in my league has, like, a 100-person minor league system that he's playing with another thing, and he keeps asking me to set it up, and I'm like, never, I'm never going to do that. Um, so, like, I'm trying to keep it approachable. I'm trying to keep it something that um, maybe doesn't have the mass mass appeal, but has, like, mass mass appeal, but has, like, a level of appeal that uh, can, can grow the business in a good way. And I also think, like, it's important to to us as uh, fantasy owners and fantasy players uh, to not feel that we have any obligation to, to have a player over many years, right? Uh, that's kind of like a quirk of the way the collective bargaining works right now. The older players have taken advantage of the younger players in that way. Um, we don't have any union or anything to negotiate with, so we can build all kinds of things around that. Um, so I'd be open to trying it out. I'm really interested to see if, like, what is up? What ends up happening? And you know, it's not going to be a 2015 test, right? It's going to be like a three or four year test. What ends up happening is, are those five players ever useful? What do you guys end up filling those five player slots with? And um, and what is it like a viable way to draw depth? Or are you picking up 20 or what would it be 60 players that uh, wouldn't otherwise really be an auto new and don't deserve to be picked up by teams at that age, right? Like, what does it deserve to be? mean in that sense i don't know and how does it change the game and right and how does it change the game like if you end up with a situation where um you know right now today uh in my leagues uh in my league i should say on the day that high that all the players sign uh all the auctions get started i start the it happens in all our leagues right as soon as the uh college player or the high school player signs with the pro team i get an email being like this guy signed i add him to the database and his auction started in like 20 different places and so if we're picking up players that are like number one, number two, number three picks uh, directly out of the draft, um, I don't know if we have a depth problem right now. Uh, maybe, there, maybe there is, though. And, like, uh, you guys were talking about, like, you know, maybe, maybe there are some single-A players that, like, are going to be useful pieces, and maybe they deserve to be owned when they're in single-A and not when they graduated to triple-A and everyone knows about them. Real, real but, quick, because yeah. I, I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I'm gonna have to split this into two episodes just because we're at like an hour forty right now, which is great. I've I've enjoyed this a lot, but.
but I like talking to you guys you... are fun to talk to. I'm sorry if it's like Oh no 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 not a problem at all. I can stay up as late as we want to talk. But okay. are you are you all good, Trey? I know that you have wife and kids. I just wanted to make sure Yeah, I, I got the feeling that we were getting close to wrapping up, so Yeah, I mean, because I can keep talking as long as you guys want. I just didn't want to no, drag I mean, this out look, for you. I I'm happy to uh wrap this up. Like uh, you know, you guys are breaking two episodes. If there's stuff that you want to cut out and we just revisit it, um this is not a hard thing for me to do, and it's a shame, frankly, that I haven't done it sooner, so I'm happy to come on whenever. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to keep chatting, so yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of different ways I could go with this. I think I think the, the thing with the minor league system, to me, is that there's this whole, whole other universe of players that aren't being owned, um, in comparison with what major league teams are actually doing, and I, that's probably a poor way to phrase it, but it. No. I guess, I, and I and I understand the issue with like guys being auctioned because they're top picks, um, but you can look at so many guys who are like oh, Rafael Devers, okay, top 100 prospect. He's like 99th on Baseball America's list, I think. Okay, 17 years old or whatever, came over, crushed short season ball, did a really good job. He, it, as fun as it would be to own him, it's really tough to own him in any league because of how long it's going to be for him to actually come up. And I think, right. I think that's what, what I'm seeing with a minor league system is that you, if there was a way that those players became part of the game beyond just saying, you know what, I really like this guy, I'm going to take a flyer, even if it isn't necessarily the wisest thing to do, um, would be something that I would enjoy. So. Right. Well, yeah, I think that's that's super interesting, and it's like it's really like how can you stash that piece as early as possible and have fun with that, right? And the prospect part of the game is is really something that's like grown into its own, and it's like you know as we've all learned more about prospects in the last ten years, mm -hmm. been a really fun part of it. Well, and part of it too is that you can have all this knowledge about lower level prospects, okay? Like uh -huh. I I can know that Devers exists. But the system right now doesn't make it feasible to really own him if I want to be competitive, for example. And right, even right, if I, right, even no, if I want to I rebuild. So really having that extra... You can know... You can have more knowledge, but that knowledge really doesn't lead to any benefit, I right. guess. It, it maybe leads to benefit in two years when he's bid a little bit extra on him, but then you've already lost the chance of having him at exactly. this great value. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, you bring up actually an interesting point within that, which is... Uh, that 40-man rosters are not not just deep enough. 40-man rosters, you need to really bring your game at almost every one of those roster spots in a 12-team league uh, if you want to be competitive, right? Yeah. And, so, and that's really interesting. That's like, that's not what was expected, right? That's not the expectation when you when you when we created Auto News that, yeah, we thought there'd be like you know six or seven spots that you could just. Uh, put your prospects in and, and have like a 25-man roster and you'd be fine. You'd be like, you know, you could even have a couple of relief pitchers and LaRusso the crap out of it, you know, have fun with it. But but what it turned into is what you guys are saying, which is like it very much became a platoon game, right? You have this deep, deep team uh, and, and you're able to platoon in ways that real major league teams can't and you're actually getting more value out of those kinds of platoon players than real major league teams can 
And so, like, once you unpack that, you start saying, like, well, what I'm actually doing is utilizing this outfielder in the way that his ideal world use would be. Um, unfortunately, that team does not have enough roster spots to do that, but I do, so I'm going to do it. Um, that is actually a super interesting thing to unpack, because then you're saying, like, 40-man rosters aren't enough uh, to also keep, like, a healthy farm system around to stash some guys, right? Exactly. And that's that, to me, is, like, a pretty compelling argument. So, like, Again, I'm super interested to see where you guys decide to stash in those spots. And, like, in three years, like, you know, out of those 60 spots that are, like, the stash spots, what were the results, right? And I'm not saying it's going to be three years before I even, like, think about implementing something like that. But as time progresses, it's going to be super interesting to see um, if we do create, like, a situation where you can stash guys for sort of free, like, what is that, what is that, uh, how does that change uh, farm systems and how does that change platooning right it makes platooning a much more viable strategy right um, I know it's like a big part of winning strategies today but it almost becomes required in that future so so is that what you want and so there's a lot of balance to think about there and, and I'm only just now unpacking it right so I, I'm very interested to see like how you guys play with it yeah I know I've had a couple discussions with owners about that and how how we think it will come into place so and there's no better way of doing it than trying it out. So Exactly. I mean, it's essentially a test. And so I'm super excited to see what you guys come up with. So, all right. Well, last question before um, before we end this then is the name Auto New, I, like I know the history, but like was that was what it was originally called? Or did you, when, when did that name stick with the platform, I guess? Yeah. So And how did um, you pick it? Obviously, uh, Auto New uh, is a, was a baseball player in 1919. He, like Moonlight Graham, I always tell people like Moonlight Graham, he picked up. He played a, one game of baseball. He, he had no stats in that game, no plate appearances, uh, no fielding opportunities, um, and then that was his last game of baseball. So he one game, one and done. Um, I can tell you. Uh, I basically what happened uh, was that there was an article we found online. Uh, I think you can still search for the phrase uh, "Don't waste more time on a dream than you have to." Um, which is like this big, beautiful, I, I don't know, don't waste more time on a dream than you have to. Like, what a great philosophy. Uh, so it's like the idea of baseball players who, like, obviously these guys dreamed of playing Major League Baseball. They played one game of Major League Baseball and they never played again. Um, and to me, that, like, speaks to, like, my uh, passion as a fantasy baseball player, which is like, I'm never going to play a game of baseball. Um, and... Uh, and it's like I'm spending this obsessive amount of time on this fantasy baseball thing to try to pretend to be a GM or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's like the exact opposite of what I'm doing. Uh, but there's these don't waste more time than a dream. Uh, don't waste more time on a dream than you have to all-stars uh, that, like, someone from the someone published. And Auto New is a starting, uh, wow, starting shortstop. And, <laughs> and come on, that's perfect. It's it like is. It's seven letters. No one's ever going to own that name. You're going to be able to search for auto new on the internet, and it's going to be you. Um, that's like in the in the world of domain names and trying to start a tech business or whatever. Uh, that, that's a great that's a great accomplishment, honestly. Yeah, right. No, you're not going to mix that up with anything else. Um, it's like why like Google is Google, you know, that kind of thing. No one else. Like, Google, yeah. Google, and there you go. So auto new was like this unique name in the whole list. And it was only seven, it was short. It was seven letters. Like if you anything longer than that, it would have been like this big disaster. So I bought AutoNew.com, 
and I had these guys going to autonew.com on the on day one of the of the thing once I built the site, and we just expanded it once it made sense. Wow, that that's that's really interesting, actually. So I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you guys, can, I think here I'll, I'll actually test this right now. Uh, don't waste more time on a dream than you have to. Uh, if you search for that, well, you get a lot of depressing stuff. But if you search <laughs> around it, you get one result. It's from the New York Times from 1986. Um, I will see if I can put it in this chat here. If there's a chat window, chat bubble. There you go. Um, uh, yep, starting short stuff. Wow. And if you look through all those names, it's the only one that you would never name anything after. So, <laughs> I mean, Moonlight Graham is obviously tempting, but. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up then. Um, feel free to stick around for a couple minutes, but thanks again for coming on. We'll have to do this again. Um, I know yeah, it was very enlightening guys, for like, me. Uh, just to reiterate what I said at the beginning, like, you guys, uh, not to pick out a favorite betray like you and i've been talking for like a few years now and joe like you've like taken on this thing like with such like a such a vigor it's like it just really it's exciting for me and it's like it makes it more fun to come home to emails and come home to twitter knowing you guys are active out there so again i super appreciate it keep keep it up like i, I can't stress enough if there's anything i can help you guys out with just let me know uh you obviously have my ear and anything i can do to help you out just let me know definitely will do. Your 